It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years in the NFL. Now I got a bunch of podcasts. Everybody loves the Even Money Betting Podcast. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast is daily. College Draft Podcast. Not only do we talk about prospects for the NFL Draft, but we make our picks against the spread in the biggest college games like Penn State, Michigan, Bama, Tennessee. And this is the Fantasy Show, the Fantasy Feast podcast, which I love primarily because Joe is like a treasure trove of information every single week. I'm talking about Joe Dolan, of course, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL. Joe works at fantasypoints.com. He's actually a co-owner, if you want to know the truth. And you should use the code 22FEAST to get a discount on top of a discount because you got a shot. You got a shot to win your league this year. And even if you don't, it's just nice to get all this information. Fantasypoints.com, code 22FEAST. Joe, I'm not messing around. I'm getting right to tonight's game. Everybody keeps, like, making fun of it. But Carson Wentz has 10 touchdown passes, and the, the, the commanders have some good receivers. Well, um, they're going to be a little shorthanded at receiver tonight, though. Jahan Dodson will not play. Logan Thomas will not play. Deami Brown is questionable for tonight's game, so keep those things in mind, Ross. Um, you know who I'm going to watch this game tonight with, by the way? No. And Carrie Underwood's in town. So uh, she's in Greenville, South Carolina. So I'm going out with our guy Scott Sheriff and Carrie Underwood oh, band for amazing. tonight's game. Yeah, so uh, the, the guy that did the song. Yep. So uh, we'll uh, we're, we're going to go see him. Uh, probably just grab a beer and then uh, you know because I always like to wind down at home on Thursday nights. Oh look, look here comes Crimpit Ross. Oh boy, she's excited. Um, no, but uh, so I am actually excited for tonight's game because here's the thing about NFL football. Even bad NFL football is entertaining, right? Like, because we could get on the Twitter machine and say, oh, my God, Russell Wilson looks like 100 pounds of bird crap. Like, you know, tonight, I think it's not going to be a pretty game. But, you know, Wentz, the thing about Wentz is, like, against Dallas and Philly, okay, those teams were designed to beat up on Wentz, attack the bad offensive line, get to him, get him under pressure, and then he's never comfortable. Then, um... I'm not sure Chicago's built that way. I'm not sure Tennessee was built that way. You know, Wentz did have the awful interception at the end of last week, but, you know, he threw for 300-plus yards, a couple of touchdown passes. He didn't play awful. Um, And maybe that's as good as we could say about him. But, look, um, I I think Kurt Samuel, by the way, has led Washington in targets in every single game this year. Uh, And I would think that will continue this week against the Chicago Bears. Terry McLaurin is really not only getting like wide receiver three levels of target shares, and he's going to match up with Jalen Johnson, who's back for the Bears this week. So I think it's a big Curtis Samuel game for Washington. But Ross, as we anticipated, Brian Robinson returns to the field for the Commanders, and immediately Antonio Gibson plays his lowest snap share of the season at 32%. Um Robinson got nine carries on his 18 snaps. Ron Rivera's out there saying Antonio Gibson's going to return kicks this week. Um, This is just confirmation of what we thought before the tragedy with Robinson this offseason. 
the commanders do not want the ball in Antonio Gibson's hands on offense. And I would expect that to continue with Brian Robinson tonight here against the Chicago Bears. Bears offensively, Joe? Well, I mean, I don't know if it was good, but it was better for Justin Fields. Um, You know, I was looking at the notes that our guy Greg Cosell sent us, and we also post these at fantasypoints.com, and he just said, Fields right now just has no sense of anticipation or timing um, within with within the context of playing the quarterback position. And, and he also noted fairly that the Bears aren't really helping him because they don't have great receivers nor an offensive line, so it's a really bad spot for him to develop. But he did at least look better last week. But the one takeaway we have from the Bears, David Montgomery is their bell cow back. He comes back from injury. Somewhat surprisingly, I was expecting him to miss – more than one game, and he plays 72% of the snaps in week five and handles 16 of the 20 um, backfield touches. By the way, the Bears are averaging 21.2 passing plays per game, which would be the 13th fewest all time in the Super Bowl era of an NFL team. Wow. Niners are in Atlanta. Jimmy G, the Niners kind of have getting their mojo. Yeah, uh, the Niners are given five and a half here on the road, pretty much across the board. 44 and a half being the total, pretty much across the board. And let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. And I know Tyrion Davis-Price uh, is practicing, and he's going to be activated uh, this week. Um, the the 49ers released Marlon Mack off the active roster, signed Tevin Coleman to the active roster. But that's good news for Tyrion Davis-Price. But I want to throw it out there to our guy, uh, Jeff Wilson. He's made eight starts in place of Elijah Mitchell over the last two years. He's handled 18.1 touches per game in those eight starts and 88.1 scrimmage yards per game in those eight starts. Those are running back one levels. And I know Elijah Mitchell might be back in a couple of weeks, and we've got to consider that in our analysis. But, man, Ross, Jeff Wilson really gets the ball. I just want to throw that out there, and I hope people are appreciating what Jeff Wilson is doing. And with the 49ers favored in this game, this should be a good spot for Jeff Wilson uh, to continue to get going. They tried, by the way, to get um, George Kittle going, but the numbers have been hardly elite for Kittle. In his last 20 healthy games, he's averaging 12.1 fantasy points per game. He's no longer an elite fantasy tight end, unfortunately. And I think the offensive line woes in San Francisco have something to do with that. Atlanta? Marcus Mariota has really come back. He's averaging under 45% completion rate over the last two weeks. Oh, and by the way, he's averaging 24.6 pass attempts per game. So now we're down to Justin Fields' level of passing production and efficiency for Marcus Mariota, which is no good. Remember a couple weeks ago, Ross, with that small sample, I was talking about how few the how little the Falcons have punted. Well, that's flipped on its head, okay? This is back to being the bad offense that we all anticipated. Um By the way, Mariota against man coverage looks over – this is per fantasy points data. Against man coverage looks, 3 of 15 for 44 yards and a pick the last two weeks. So you better hope the 49ers are out there playing zone. Um, And in the backfield for the Falcons, Tyler Algier, 59% of the snaps. Caleb Huntley, 24%. Um, Now let's see if Damian Williams comes off of IR this week. He is eligible. But Tyler Algier does look like the lead back here for whatever that means for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, and uh, also Drake London and Kyle Pitts did practice on Wednesday. We'll see about Thursday, but it seems like a good sign for those guys to go. When it comes to Kyle Pitts, I feel like you've just got to play him. 
the I mean, it's the tight end position. How many guys do you trust more? But I know it's been not it hasn't been pretty, and I understand why you don't trust them. Patriots Browns is an interesting one. I believe that we will get Bailey Zappi again. Looking that way, Matt, Joe. Yeah, Mac Jones was limited in practice, but um the Patriots got the win last week. I feel like they feel like they can they can compete with Bailey Zappi at quarterback here against Cleveland. 43 being the total. There are some 43 and a halfs out there. Two and a half. The Patriots are getting two and a half pretty much across the board. Um, so there is a downgrade from Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi. But I want to, like, ha- did you see Bill Belichick's comments about Ramondre Stevenson this week? He loves him. I don't think I have seen such effusive praise for somebody from Belichick the way that he has for Ramondre Stevenson. He was asked, how much confidence could you possibly have? He was asked, and he says, as much confidence as you could possibly have, that's how much we have. Every player on the team, every coach on the team has total confidence in Ramondre to do whatever it is we need him to do. Catch the ball, pick up the blitz, run the ball inside, run the ball outside, break tackles, short yardage, make explosive plays. He loves this guy. Now, Ramondre Stevenson, 90% of the snaps last week, 161 rushing yards. Damian Harris is expected to miss a couple of weeks with the hamstring injury. Ramondre Stevenson is the guy you want to play from the New England Patriots. Oh, and let's also throw it out there to our guy, uh, our guy, Jacoby Myers. I don't know if you know what kind of numbers Jacoby Myers is putting up, but they're pretty elite, by the way. Uh, He's eighth in fantasy points per game. He's first in yards per route run. And he's had 10 straight games in which he's led his team in target share when healthy. Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson are the two guys to play from the New England Patriots. Browns? Um, The Cleveland Browns are kind of the same team every week, which I love. Nick Chubb's an RB1. He's getting it done. Kareem Hunt, a viable flex, especially with four teams on bye. Ross, we forgot to say that at the top of the program. This is the first bye week of the NFL season. So there's four teams on by, and you're going to be making harder and harder decisions every week. But Kareem Hunt is an every week kind of flex option. Um, Nick Chubb, by the way, has not finished as lower than RB18 this year. He's been a top 10 running back in four of his five games this year. Um, Amari Cooper and David Njoku are every week starters at their positions. This is a very narrow fantasy team now. When Jacoby Brissett throws the ball, we know where it's going. Most of the time, he's handing the ball off. And against Bailey Zappi, likely, in this Patriot offense, I think that the Browns are going to be able to dictate and run the ball as they please. So one of the teams I'm kind of getting high on, Joe, and I know we're going to talk about them right now, is the New York Jets. In fact, I might buy some Jet stock at Symbol, which Pro Football Focus calls the perfect blend of sports in the stock market. Because it's offering a brand new way to invest in your favorite teams and profit off their success. Symbol basically allows you to buy stock in college football teams, NFL teams, whatever sport you want. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Make sure you use the code FANTASY so that you get a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. Get the free $150. Like, why would you not sign up, use the code FANTASY to claim your free stock on the Symbol mobile app, 
and maybe it should be in the New York Jets because they got a lot of young players, Joe, that are making a lot of plays. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They are. Um, and I think that starts with Brees Hall. So, Ross, let me tell you about one of the worst bets beats of my life. Brees Hall had 100 receiving yards last week. He's a running back. Now, if I were to tell you before that game that Brees Hall was going to have 100 receiving yards as a running back, how many catches do you think he makes? Eight. He made two. I had over two and a half receptions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, and by the way, if you had Brees Hall for fantasy, he had a 71-yard reception where he got tackled at the one-yard line. He had a 29-yard reception where he got tackled at the one-yard line. Each time, Michael freaking Carter comes in and scores the touchdown. I know, I know. You can't complain too much, though, because Brees Hall had 197 yards from scrimmage. He did have a touchdown. He was just close to going nuclear. And right now, though, his takeover of this backfield is official. And they, as, as much as they're going to mix in Carter, look, teams don't play guys 100% of the snaps anymore unless you're like Christian McCaffrey. So Michael, Car- like Michael Carter's going to mix in, but Brees Hall with 197 yards from scrimmage, he has his takeover in this backfield. And now he gets a Packers defense that has been ripped for 4.8 yards per carry and is allowing a gain of five or more yards on the ground 43% of the time per fantasy points data. That is the third worst in the NFL. I am very excited about Brees Hall this week. These receivers, however, well, Zach Wilson hasn't really played a – well, against Pittsburgh, it was kind of a normal game script. But against Miami, with Skylar Thompson out there from basically the get-go, a weird game script. The Jets did not have to drop back. Zach Wilson, these receivers did not do much at all. Um, Tyler Conklin, by the way, who's been one of the great fantasy tight ends, actually ran fewer routes than C.J. Uzama this past week. So Tyler Conklin, after all that production, puts up a goose egg at the tight end position. That has become quite a trend for a lot of these streaming options at the tight end position. But all I wanted to do was throw out and shout out Brees Hall because I think this is another big game for him. Packers, Joe? Well, I mean, here's one thing I don't get. Aaron Jones gets all the snaps. Aaron Jones gets all this work, but he doesn't get the ball. Like, they need to put the ball in the hands of Aaron Jones more. It's like, it feels like he's their best player on offense, not named Aaron Rodgers, and he's not getting the ball as much as he should be. And I like A.J. Dillon, but it kind of feels like Aaron Jones is the guy creating explosive plays for you offensively. So I'm a little surprised that they haven't gotten Aaron Jones the ball a little bit more. You know, Aaron Rodgers has yet to throw for more than 255 yards in a game this season. He's averaging 231.4 passing yards per game, which is the lowest mark of his career. You would think just getting Aaron Jones a little bit more involved. I'm not saying you got to run the wing tee here, but you would think Aaron Jones getting a little bit more involved would be helpful. But as a receiver for the Packers, I think Alan Lazard and Romeo Dubs are weekly wide receiver threes at this point, and I do prefer Lazard. Um, Randall Cobb to me is fool's gold. Let's see if he continues his big game from last week. And Robert Tunyon is a tight end worthy streamer. I'm just wondering where the heck 
Aaron uh, Aaron uh, Joneses on a more consistent basis. He needs more touches for this offense. Let's get to Jacksonville at Indy. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was rough for Jacksonville. Uh, Indy's giving one and a half in this game, 42 being the total. There are some 42 uh, and a halves out there. The Jaguars, man, Trevor Lawrence, you know, I, I know there's people who watched that game on tape and said it wasn't as bad as it looked live. The Jaguars just had a really awful performance in the red zone. And Lawrence is part to blame for that. Um, I think he needs to learn how uh, to take the checkdowns more often. But that was a very concerning performance. You know, Doug Peterson said, you know, after the game, Houston was just playing a simple cover two, and Trevor's got to learn to be better at taking what the defense gives him. That's a learning experience. Again, I am not burying Trevor Lawrence, but after a couple of promising games, the last two games have been very problematic. The other thing that I think can help the Jaguars is get the ball in the hands of Travis Etienne more. Travis Etienne, has his snaps have risen in four straight games. He was up to a season-high 53% uh, in Week 5. Um, through five games, here is the, com- the comparison between Travis Etienne and James Robinson. By the way, most of these stats are coming to you from Fantasy Points data, our, uh, our charting. Um, we will have more information on that in the future. But Graham Barfield does a great job uh, assimilating these all into his Stat Pack articles. And here is what he had to con- compare and contrast ETN vis-a-vis James Robinson. Through five games, ETN has generated five or more yards on 45.5% of his carries. That's fifth best. He's forced 0.30 missed tackles per carry, which is sixth best among running backs, and is averaging 3.3 yards after contact, which is 10th best. Meanwhile, James Robinson is 38th of 41 in five-plus yard runs. He's 27th of 41 in missed tackles forced per carry, and he's 38th of 41 in yards after contact. James Robinson, great story. He's a plotter. The Jaguars need the ball in the hands of Travis Etienne more if they're going to win football games and potentially compete for this division. The Colts are a rough watch on offense, Joe. Really, really rough. Remember like two years ago, they had the best offensive line in football. What the heck happened to that? A couple guys got worse and they got new guys at left tackle and right guard. I mean, it's, it's just really bad. And I mean, Matt Ryan is hard to watch when he's under pressure because you know, he's not avoiding it. Um, I mean, he gets the ball out quickly. Um, the Colts are getting the ball out at the fourth fastest um, at the fourth fastest rate. They want to get it out because to avoid the pressure and um, the style of Matt Ryan. Um, Alec Pierce is the guy who's interesting here because Michael Thomas has been a little quiet in recent weeks. Now, he's also had some tough matchups. He matched up with Patrick Sertan last week. But Alec Pierce looks like the real deal to me. And I wonder if his emergence as a threat on the outside is going to help this offense. It's going to take some of the pressure off of Ryan. It's going to take some of the defenders out of the box for Jonathan Taylor, who we don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, But it also might take some pressure off of Michael Pittman at this stage. So the Colts are going to be interesting in that regard. Now, Jonathan Taylor did not practice on Wednesday. Naeem Hines was limited with the concussion. Philip Lindsay was out of practice for an undisclosed reason, and they don't have to put him on the injury report because he's not on the active roster. So for right now, as we talk on Thursday morning, Deion Jackson is the only healthy running back on the Colts roster. And if you're really desperate at running back, he's worth a speculative ad this week in the event that Taylor and or Hines and or Philip Lindsay cannot get cleared for this game this weekend. But you're right, Ross. The Colts are a very tough watch. They've just gotten a couple of lucky wins, but 
Wins are wins, and hopefully they can get things rolling here and get the team functioning better and get that offensive line functioning better so we can get actual fantasy production from this team. We're getting fantasy production from the Vikings. They take on the Dolphins and Skylar Thompson. Yeah, I love the Minnesota Vikings because, Ross, we can just skip right over them because – you, like I think you can start Kirk Cousins. He's probably the guy you have in lineup decisions. You start Dalvin Cook every week. You start Adam Thielen every week. You start Justin Jefferson every week. And two other guys you can say, well, you know, I need four. It's it's week six. Amon Ross St. Brown's on by. Joe, I need four catches from somebody. Okay, Jay Osborne can maybe get it for you. Oh, <laughs> Joe, Tyler Conklin was a huge disappointment for me last week. I, I don't know what to do. Well, Irv Smith can get you three catches. That's the Minnesota Vikings offense. It's the same thing every week. Now, not that you're benching Justin Jefferson, but maybe for DFS purposes, Xavier Howard does expect to play this week. He is dealing with two groin injuries. That does not sound pleasant, Ross, but he's going to play through it. Just a little bit of a note there, not that you're sitting Justin Jefferson, just a little bit of a note that uh, this defense does become a little bit harder to play against this week. What are you doing with the Miami Dolphins now that it looks like Skylar Thompson's the quarterback this week? This is a tough one. Now, Now the Miami Dolphins, by the way, are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. There are threes out there if you like Minnesota. Uh, the over-under in this game is 45-and-a-half. Um, so here's what I think, personally. And this is just an opinion. But based on their handling of the initial Tua situation, it feels like optics are a big driver in what the Minnesota, uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to do going forward. So even if Teddy Bridgewater gets cleared this week, they're going to back him up to Skylar Thompson. Even if Tua gets cleared this week, they've already ruled him out. The only thing that I'm worried about, Ross, is, oh, that this is opening the door for Tua to play in Week 7 against the Steelers. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying conspiracy here, but you do know that's a Sunday night game. Can you imagine if something happens to Tua in his return on an island game? Yeah, Ooh, not good. I don't, I don't know when we're going to see Tua. Uh, uh, Bridgewater, by the way, looks like he's going to be cleared but won't play in this game. I think it's unfair to judge Skylar Thompson in a really impossible spot, quite frankly. Teddy missed all but the first snap of that game. Um, but Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill's dinged up. Now, he, he practiced in full, so he's going to play. But we know Tyreek Hill's dinged up. We know that Jalen Waddell is dinged up. You're down to your third-string quarterback. Your offensive line has been dealing with injuries. Teron Armstead has been in and out of the lineup with that toe injury. Your running back, Raheem Mostert, missed practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. And though that could just be a maintenance day, Raheem Mostert's been taking over this backfield. And even Chase Edmonds was behind Miles Gaskin last week. So if Raheem Mostert doesn't play, I have no clue what to do with this backfield. It's just that I think they're going to try to get the ball out of Skylar Thompson's hands quick. Get it in the hands of Hill. Get it in the hands of Waddle, and hopefully one of those guys breaks a play. Um, but I, I think the Dolphins are biding their time until Teddy and/or Tua can get back to the lineup. The Bengals are playing the Saints. Hmm. Bengals are having a lot of people playing them cover two, Joe, and they're struggling to really get big plays against it. They can't get big plays at all, and it's like pulling teeth. Uh, minus two forty-three being the total, man. You did not expect a 43 to be a total in a Bengals game after last year. Uh, let's start with the Saints, Ross, because I don't really know what to say. Jameis Winston returned to practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday, which is progress because he's missed, he hasn't practiced at all the past two weeks. But they have six receivers on their active roster. Four of them did not practice on Wednesday. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and Deontay Hardy. Hardy is already expected to miss time. 
Adam Schefter said there was a, a, um, an expectation that Thomas would be able to play in week six, but the fact that it didn't practice on Wednesday is not a great sign. Alave is progressing through the concussion protocol. We have no clue about that. And Jarvis Landry already missed last week. So their only receiver who finished the game healthy uh, in weeks in week five, who had double-digit receiving yards, was Traquan Smith, and he had 10. So if he cannot play, if, the, if two or three of these guys cannot play, I'm expecting a lot more from Alvin Kamara, who led them in receiving. And I know he got vultured three times by Taysom Hill. And by the way, Taysom Hill right now, I'm I am waving the towel. I am completely throwing it in. People are people are asking Joe. You know, yes, Taysom Hill's a weekly starter. He has worn me down. He has broken me to the point of no return. You can start Taysom Hill at tight end every week because what's his floor? A zero? Well, Tyler Conklin's getting you a zero. Logan Thomas is getting you zeros. T.J. Hawkinson's getting you zeros. So, how many of those guys have a forty-point ceiling the way Taysom Hill does? Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, that's it. So if you're willing to accept the volatility, yeah, you can play Taysom Hill every week, and he's they need him this week because they don't have receivers. So I, I have given up. I have given in. You have worn me down, Taysom Hill. You are a weekly starter at the tight end position, and that is all I have to say. After years of wanting you to go away, you have beaten me into a pulp. You have won, Taysom Hill. This is my concession speech. Is there anything else to say about the Bengals in this matchup? I mean, T. Higgins, he was kind of like, you have to downgrade him. I mean, he played, what, nine snaps and didn't catch a pass? Jamar Chase can't get down over the top. Joe Mixon was their best player uh, in that game on Sunday night. Um, And they didn't give him the ball at the goal line. Hayden Hurst, by the way, is one of these tight ends you can now start every week. He's playing through a groin injury, but man, the Cincinnati needs some semblance of a vertical game, and they are just not getting it right now. The Rams and the Bengals are the last two teams in the NFL in yards per play. Talk about a Super Bowl hangover. Ravens are at the Giants, Joe, and I'm noticing right now that you can actually get tickets to this game for $96 right now on the game time app, which is pretty good. I mean, Giants are four and one, Ravens are three and two. These are two, I think, top 10 teams, maybe, in my podcast power rankings. And it's not even $96 because if you download the game time app, create an account, and redeem the code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase, you get 20 bucks off. So again, that's feast for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. If you're not familiar with the Game Time app, it is by far the fastest growing ticketing app because it guarantees lowest price on tickets to all your favorite sports. I just got a YouTube message from someone that just got tickets at Hard Rock Live in Orlando. Is there a John Petrucci or something? He's get concert tickets to John Petrucci. I don't even know who that is. Um, he's, um, I think he's a guitar player. He, um, um, uh, one of the, one of the prog metal, not like, yes. Um, he, dream well, anyway, this guy's going dream and he theater. got the tickets on the game time app. You can even go to the Yankees game tonight against the guardians, $81, like $81 to go to a big time divisional game between the guardians and Yankees night for you, New York folks download game time. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's feast 
to get $20 off your first purchase. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ravens, Giants, Joe, go. Um, Rashad Bateman did not practice on Wednesday, so looking iffy for him this weekend. You could use Devin DuVernay, but this is a tight end heavy team. Mark Andrews has seen at least 25% of their targets in four or five games this season. And the, the Ravens wide receiver rotation in depth is not very good. Andrews has been a top five scoring tight end in 11 of his last 14 games. The guy is an absolute league winner, and I wish I drafted him more this year. Um, Kenyon Drake back from the dead. He outsnapped J.K. Dobbins in week five. Um, Dobbins doesn't look 100%, and Gus Edwards is available to come off the PUP list at any point. He is a deep stash for the Baltimore Ravens there. Uh, at the running back position as he returns from his ACL injury. Um, They haven't been willing to give Dobbins uh, 100% of the role in the backfield, and I think that's understandable. But, man, there are no receivers on this team outside of wide receivers, outside of Bateman and Duvernay, who are worth a damn. And Lamar Jackson really struggled to throw the ball the other night. Giants? So, by the way, uh, the Giants in this game are six-point home underdogs, uh, 44 and a half the total. I mean, the markets are really not buying into Danny Dimes and crew, and I understand it. They do not have wide receivers. Now, I've been saying it on the program. Wandale Robinson is my favorite stash of this group. Canarius Tony and Kenny Galladay did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, I mean, uh, forget about it with those two guys at this point. But Wandale Robinson could have a role at some point. I just don't think any of these guys right now are worth starting for fantasy until we see Wandale Robinson out there. There is one guy who I think uh, you play for the Giants, that is Saquon Barkley. For those in DFS, Darius Slayton was tied for second on the Giants in routes. But to me, he looked like their best receiver with six for 79 uh, against the, the Packers in London. If you're dying, I think Darius Slayton is their best receiver, though. Marcus Johnson led the Giants in routes run in week number five. Hmm. Last but not least here, Joe, on the show that's so nice we do it twice, the Bucks are in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Um, the panic button has been smashed on Najee Harris. 11 carries for 20 yards. He had a career-low 49% snap share against Buffalo last week. Now, it was a blowout loss, so like, don't want to read too much into that, but it looks like he's running in mud now he's not an explosive guy anyway but remember he's dealt with that foot injury since august he's dead last in the nfl in percentage of carries of five or more yards and he's 30th of 41 running backs and missed tackles force per carry i expect jalen warren is going to continue to get more looks going forward for the pittsburgh steelers if he is out there on your waiver wire go pick him up the steelers are dying for a run game right now to help kenny pickett they do not have one Mike Tomlin said they're going to get Jalen Warren more involved. I have to take him at his word right now. I think Jalen Warren is actually a flex option this week. And, I mean, Najee Harris is is flat benchable. I don't know if you have that luxury when there's four teams on by, 
But, man, if you're asking me Najee Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, it's Stevenson easy. If you're asking me Najee Harris or Jeff Wilson, it's Wilson easy. If you're asking me Najee Harris or Brees Hall, oh, my Lord, I'd take half of Brees Hall before Najee Harris right now. So that's how bad it's gotten for Najee Harris with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What about the Bucks? Um, the Buccaneers, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to have Russell Gage or Julio Jones this week. Uh, GM Jason Light said they're taking it kind of week by week with Julio. This is what I like. I, mean, I, I didn't draft a whole lot of Julio. But at this point, the Buccaneers don't care about your fantasy team. They don't care if Julio's out there in week six posting four for 57. They don't care. They want Julio to be available in week 15 and the divisional round and the championship round. So anything he gives the Buccaneers is a positive. He is fantasy fool's gold and should be dropped across the board right now. Um, Tom Brady is starting to settle in a little bit. Mike Evans is starting to settle in a little bit. Chris Godwin's snaps have gone down in the second half of the last couple of weeks, but that was because the Buccaneers were playing um, in, in, in weird game scripts. Another instance of managing reps. He's just a guy that you've got to play as long as he's out there. Rashad White is getting a little bit more involved. He is a deep end flex on these bye weeks, though Leonard Fournette certainly still remains the Buccaneers' bell cow running back. They're eight point favorites in this game, so it might be a good week for them to get Rashad White's feet wet in the second half. That's the Thursday nighter and all the Sunday one o'clock games. We still have the Sunday late games, the Sunday nighter, which is juicy, and the Monday nighter. This is the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Follow him on social at FG underscore Dolan. Follow me at Ross Tucker NFL. And remember, if you quote tweet at Ross Tucker Pod, you could win a little something, something. Time for dessert here on the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.